Good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shu Untied. Uh, this morning, I'm very pleased and honored to have with me as my guest Tim Powers, who's the managing partner of Haynes and Boone. Uh, Tim, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Richard. I'm uh, pleased and honored as well to be uh, to be part of your program. Well, I'm very excited. So, Tim, um, I, as I explained uh, to some of my listeners, um, this is a new series I'm doing on remote leadership. I, uh, and specifically, I'm, I'm interviewing not just law firm leaders, but uh, other leaders as well, about their experiences so far in becoming a, a remote leader, which now we all sort of are. And my thesis is that, you know, remote working is something that's going to be that, that's here to stay is going to become more prevalent in the future. And as a result, the skills required to be a remote leader are going to be something that's more sought after. They are different, perhaps, from traditional leadership and that those are the skills that are going to be more important in our workforce going forward. And so I wanted to just maybe start with you. You obviously are you have been remote leading. Now you're doing it perhaps even more than before. What do you think are the differences between, you know, leading remotely and trying to do it sort of in the more traditional in-office sense? Well, Richard, I, I don't think that leading remotely is tremendously different than than leading in your normal circumstance, because at least law firm leaders and law firm leaders of national or global firms that have multiple offices travel between those firms constantly. And and when they're not in those offices locally, they're having to lead those offices remotely. I guess I would say that um, the skill that was necessary, particularly coming into the circumstance we're in now with the, uh, with the coronavirus Mm. is, was a crisis management skill that you had to start with. Mm. And I think in, in order to really have been a good leader through that process and then continuing to lead during this remote um, arrangement that we all find ourselves in right now, mm. is that as a leader, you have to have built up a level of trust with those that, uh, that you are leading. That, mm. that level of trust mm. needs to be one, first of all, that that those that that are following you have to believe that you're first and foremost focused on the greater good of, of, of your organization and that you care about them. And if, if, if um, they don't believe that you care about them and care about their future and care about the f- future of the organization and the team as a whole, I think your credibility in anything that you do from a remote leadership perspective gets is subject to challenge and, and, and leading a law firm like we're doing here or leading a group of lawyers and, and professional staff that are all part of this, the law business environment, those people are naturally trained to question and challenge um, anything. It's, it's what makes them great lawyers. And um, based, based on that, if you don't have the credibility and, and the, the, the trust uh, up front, I think I think anybody will find that it would be difficult to lead, no matter how inspirational you are. Mm. So, so if you if if you have a team that truly believes that you are first and foremost focused on the greater good of the organization, and you are a and you are someone who empathetically cares for them and their future as well, holistically. Mm. Uh, understanding that you've still got a business to run, 
I think that you're you're in a circumstance where you will be able to lead in a remote work environment because you have the foundational trust that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that would be the first thing that I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and just continuing on, the other the other I guess that that I would say beyond that, mm-hmm. one, one, if if you have that trust, then you've got then when you're in this crisis circumstance, the next thing that you have to be able to do is to convince. Um, your team in in leading your team first that we're going to get through this and a belief that we're going to get through it together mm-hmm. and then and and that you have a plan to get to the other side that that mm-hmm. they can that they can be part of and that they can follow and some of that from a leadership perspective is is not just leading from the top but empowering uh, others within the firm to lead within whether it's their practice group or their office or other in any other circumstance they're in, you're empowering others to assume leadership responsibilities as well uh, in an absence so that they uh, so that they feel like they are part of the solution going forward. So mm-hmm. so th- those are the, those are two big things. I, I guess I would also say you become uh, in many ways because of that, you have to you have to have a level of confidence um, because others won't have confidence unless you um, you are able to show and, and exemplify the confidence that you want to have in the organization. You have to do it credibly. Uh, I think you have to have to be the eternal optimist. And anybody that's a managing partner of a law firm has to be an eternal optimist or uh, where they wouldn't be in the role they're in, I think. So <laughs> so you have to do that. You, you have to be a great communicator. But I think you have to be a great communicator all the time. Probably now more more so something I do every day is mm-hmm. – is, uh, at the end of each day, uh, I send a message out to the entire firm, just a recap of some of the things that have gone on within the firm, but mm. also try to send some type of message of, of inspiration, resilience, um, uh, you know, hope that, uh, that, 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 that keeps people going on a daily basis. And so, mm. so any, anyway, so, so going a long way to answering your question of, of is the leadership different short Sure, it's different, but but like anything, um, champions adjust, and um, and and if you turn your turn your focus on your team into talking about we're, we're going to adjust to all of this and 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 follow me, if you've got that level of trust, I think that you're able then to to bring the team along behind you and mm-hmm. and, and a belief and to do anything. So mm-hmm. perhaps more than you. Uh, no, that's uh, it was interesting. Um, well, you, first of all, your your first point I think is a good one about you know maybe this is more of a crisis management than you know remote. Maybe this this particular thing we're going through right now is more about crisis management than remote leadership. But let me ask you, you know, you mentioned you started off the conversation by saying you know what makes you effective as a leader, remote leader, is you know having that trust. Now let me just maybe tease that a little bit out from you because I'd like to get your thoughts on, you know, what do you think the most important thing is in building that trust? And does it take, is that something that really requires you to be, you know, physically in person to really build that trust? Or is that something that can be done remotely? What, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, there, there are a lot of great organizations that, that the people that trust most in their leadership that are giant organizations that mm-hmm. they've never they've never met the chief executive mm-hmm. um so so there are many many ways that you can build trust beyond your physical presence and some of that is a communication of of, of a message some of that is just your behavior and 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 mm-hmm. 
always realizing and recognizing that what you do, no matter what it is, is being watched and observed by everyone within the organization to see if it if it um, follows the uh, uh, the um, the culture of the firm, that it follows the the the, the core values as, or, and as what you are espousing and guiding as a leader, uh, re- reflective of um, the 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 core values you are trying to get people to follow, and 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 so. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a credibility buildup, and 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 when you get into a crisis situation like the one that we've been experiencing, mm-hmm. I think that is that is a time more than ever whether whether people will say is what is what is being said now consistent with what it was being preached when times were good, mm. and um, and so uh, I, I I do believe that everything you do is being watched, and whether. Whether whether it's as a leader, everything you do is is, is being watched, and so whether you're communicating it physically or whether you're communicating it in written word or or through um, through the uh, channels within the offices that are that are communicating um, about the leadership within the firm and what the leadership is doing, are are, are you being consistent in everything you're doing with uh, with that? So. Um, so I, I I don't think you have to be present to um, to to be a leader. I do think it is super helpful. I spend more time traveling between our offices um, through through the years because I believe that it's important for the people that you're visiting within those offices to believe for them to believe that they are important. For them to believe that their practice is important, for them to believe that their mm-hmm. office is important to the overall firm, and your presence there, rightly or wrongly, in in their minds, oftentimes is simply you are confirming that we're important mm-hmm. by being here. Mm-hmm. And and it's not that Tim Powers is there; it's it's that the chief executive of 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 the organization is there with mm-hmm. with regard to any organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you touched upon another topic that has come up now. I've done about six or seven of these interviews so far about, you know, obviously the the, the increased importance of communication. In, well, in this crisis, but when when managing remotely, I'm going to guess, and you can tell me if I'm right or I'm going to guess that you already are, you know, quite a communicator. In other words, this is a skill that you sort of naturally do anyways, and so it wasn't that much extension to do more of that or perhaps do that more remotely is that i mean what are your thoughts on that i mean i'm, I'm just going to guess that that you're naturally that's kind of your inclination anyways well i i've tried to be um, and and this is a time perhaps more importantly that it's it's is important it's, it's important that you communicate and then over communicate and i've i've got a great team that surrounds me that constantly reminds me of the importance of communication and that you can't over communicate and no matter how often you say something you're going to have a group of people that have have either never heard that before or mm-hmm. or, or, or or otherwise so so i don't think you can there's there's such a thing as over communication i think it's it's important that when you are communicating you're saying something that that is both um credible with what you say and and important that it's not just it's it's not just um um information that you're throwing out that's disingenuous and, and because people will see the, right through that. And, and, and so from a, from a transparency perspective, they, they want to, they want to see 
um, operationally what's going on. They want to they want to understand. They want to know as much about the future, whether whether or not the answer is we don't know. But we you need to know that we're studying this. We're looking at this. These are the principles we're focused on while we're looking at them. Mm. Um, that that even if the answer is the end of the day, we we still don't have an answer. They they would prefer to hear that you don't have an answer as opposed to not communicating with them. Mm-hmm. So I think that becomes more and more important when people aren't seeing you on a daily basis and you mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or 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 you're in a physical circumstance. So you know, and it becomes important. You're 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 communicating in it with multiple constituencies. And you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a communication with your senior management team. It's a communication with your operational management team. It's communication with your practice groups with your office leaders with with um uh so much of what we're doing as well we we as an organization we're very vested in the communities where where we're present mm. and so much of that is is communication with within our local communities of what we're doing and how we're doing it and staying involved with the communities and saying that we're we're part of those communities and encouraging our people to be part of that. So you're, you're communicating with all of that on a formal basis, and then you've still got to do some of the informal stuff, the stuff that great leaders tend to do. And I always wish I could be better at this, but it's just picking up the phone and making a call and just saying, how are you doing? Just checking in on you. Mm-hmm. No agenda here. Just, just want to, just want to see how you're doing. And, 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 and pe- people love that and people love to be recognized. And when these, when I send these daily messages out, I try to try to give a shout out to, to, to somebody. And we, we mentioned multiple people from multiple offices so that they, again, they right. all feel part of the team and, and, uh, and, and, and feel like it's, um, um, you know, important to do, but so much of this too, from a leadership perspective is, in, in your communication is we're dealing with this current crisis and it's important that we respond and that we respond well and we serve mm-hmm. our clients well. Mm-hmm. But you've got to, as a leader at the same time with your other leaders that you have in the firm say, just because we're going through this client, this crisis that we're dealing with right now, doesn't mean that we can take our eye off the long-term off the long-term path that we're trying to, to, uh, uh, to to go down and and the goals that we've set for ourselves. So so important at the same time. While you're 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 focused on crisis management, you're also not allowing your people to take their eye those that you're trying to lead to take their eye off the off the long term and um, and their responsibilities with regard to achieving long term goals, which which you know and long term planning that you're dealing with of of, uh, of not letting the crisis while it interrupts you're not letting it control the future mm-hmm. well i realize this might be hard to kind of separate but i mean there's sort of two things going on there's the and i realize they're very intertwined but obviously there's the crisis management and then there's the remote aspect of it in other words you know we certainly could have had a crisis where you could still see people every mm-hmm. day and you could have remote management where you didn't have a crisis but anyways but um I mean, between those two, I mean, do you find one aspect of it sort of more difficult than the other? Or, or I mean, if you had to kind of tease that out, is it is it the crisis that's really, you know, the harder thing to deal with? Or is it the fact that you can't see people and you must manage the firm remotely that's the more difficult of, of all the things you have to go through? Well, I, 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 I do think they're intertwined and they're, di- they're difficult to separate. Right. Um, be- being in this remote circumstance in a crisis, um, right. 
exacerbates everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, when we were, when we've dealt with other crises within our organization, we've had a command and control and, and other people sitting around a, a conference room with you and, right. and, and you were, you were working together to get that separated. Now you've got to communicate, mm. um, in, in a different way, but I will say we, we were fortunate in our long-term planning to have the foresight many years ago to invest substantially in, in technology. And, and we offered all of our lawyers the opportunity to replicate their office in, in their home office. And so, mm-hmm. so more than 80% of our lawyers took the firm up on that offer. And, um, so the transition to the remote environment and the ability for us to, to, um, converse via WebEx and, uh, uh, and that has led to a, a, a seamless transition um, uh, to to be able to communicate, and, and and I believe we use it well. And and I report again on these daily reports. I report how many people have been on our, our, our through our virtual private network in, a, in in a day, just so people see they know what the maximum number is, and so they see who's who's uh, um, in, in the network on a daily basis working. And at the same time, I'm reporting to them at least weekly about how many minutes we're logging and who are the top loggers on on uh, video conferencing or WebEx meetings or other, other things like that that we're doing. Again, just part of that is to keep keep our, our people engaged. Mm-hmm. Part of that is to um, uh, ensure them that we've got the platform for them to be able to carry out um, uh, all of their resp- responsibilities, but a big part of it's to keep everybody connected and feeling like they're still part of, of, of one organization. So, so the remote part of that, of keeping people feeling like they're connected is, is perhaps the challenge that, that is, is the biggest part of a remote organization. And there's, you know, you, you, you hear so much of, well, I, and, and I, and I know the, um, Former Chair from Allen and Overy has come out with a list of predictions of the ups and downs, and one of one of his predictions, and following a little bit of what Richard Susskind has said as well, was was um, uh, the death the death of the office on a going forward basis because everyone will go remote, and and it's been very interesting from my perspective just to observe our people and to try to to get a sense of of things, but really interesting for me. Mm. While we were working to try to get our teams comfortable with allowing people to work remotely, right. I think this this circumstance has given everyone within our organization the confidence that we have the ability to do that. And so what what that opens up for us long term mm-hmm. of working across offices and people being more comfortable with not having someone sit right next to them to 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 do their work. Uh, that may have been more when you and I came into the practice of law and, and how right. things were done. I think that becomes um, uh, much, much more uh, foundational and, mm-hmm. and firms will be much more comfortable in allowing that investment and allowing all that to be done on a very, on a very flexible basis. Yeah. But I think this is driven as well. Conversely is now that we are five weeks into a forced mandatory or six weeks into a forced mandatory um, remote work environment, right. I really believe there is a thirst for people to interact, 
to be in an office, to work in an office, to have a place to go, to have a place that they call their work home, uh, and and the like. And and I I maybe I'm a maybe I'm a uh, uh, going against the grain on this, but I actually think it will drive longer term that that all, all of this talk of you know everybody's going to be remote at some point mm-hmm. in time. I just I, I think I think what we've gone through will will change a lot of that and will change a real desire, especially for those two professional families with children and other things like that who've lived through the circumstance right now. They absolutely want a place to go. Yeah. But um, but I, I think it's more than just a place to go. I think it's a place to identify, mm-hmm. identify, mm-hmm. work home, uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the ability to interact. I just think it's such a human, mm-hmm. you've seen so much of a human need to 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 be in touch and to touch others and to see others that, that that's why you see this pent up cabin fever uh, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. people have of the need uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, that I think is just a, a normal human need. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do think there's a positive thing from the office setting that comes mm-hmm. out of that. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. You're, well, first of all, you're the first guest in this series to bring up this point. But, and it actually kind of resonates with me because, you know, in, in my job, as you know, as a recruiter, uh, working from home is very easy and I do a lot of it. And so, you know, that's one, that's one of the reasons I, you know, left the professional law to do this. But even now in this situation of, you know, as you say, six weeks, I'm actually really, I, I really actually now want to get back into the office. It'd be great to just have that, you know, both from a routine standpoint, from the interaction standpoint. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I find myself actually really wanting that too. So I've been kind of wondering about the same thing you were saying. I wonder if, if um, um, you know, people will actually be wanting to go back to the office more after, after this is over. I, I think, like everything in life, things balance out. And, and, and I, I do believe that us being forced into this remote work environment will, will set this foundational comfort with it going forward. And there won't be a distrust of it or, or, or otherwise. But I really, I really do think going forward that, that, that there will be, and you're, you're seeing things of, oh my gosh, people won't want to be in big cities. Um, and you'll have to have this hub and spoke. And I mean, those are all very innovative ideas for this current point in time. But at some point in time, just like the 1918 uh, Spanish flu epidemic, we're going to find that we're going to find a solution. We're going to find a, uh, a vaccine for this virus. It's going to be behind us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I really do believe, again, staying focused on the long term as opposed to all of these wonderful ideas people may have in an interim move. We, we need to stay focused on what will happen in the long term. But I believe a big part of lessons learned, what do we learn from coming out of this and how do we most effectively employ it going forward will be a, will be a confidence that, well, I really, we really are going to need to have our offices and, you know, maybe for health reasons or otherwise, we're, we're going to want them spread out a little bit more. And so, all of all of the confluence that we saw in going to open office or smaller workspaces, I, I think all of that's fine. That you can have the smaller office workspace, but you know the workspace is going to going to become important in it, and the privacy of it and the ability to to uh, to interact and to meet and things like that are going to become important. And and yet at the same time, the technology is going to be there. And yes, it's going to impact the technology um, progress that we've made is going to impact the importance of in-person meeting and travel and otherwise. Um, 
but I'll say I, I started my practice as, as a, a international finance lawyer and every and and have had my practice that way through my whole career and 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 starting in 1980 it was very different where you would you would get involved in a project and you would fly to the place that where the transaction originated and you would oftentimes stay there and work until the transaction was completed and and as time went on you became further and further removed as technology allowed that to happen um uh you 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 grew from that but what what you never lost in that transaction is that there is some point whether at the start of the transaction or in the important negotiation points that you do get together and you do have a face to face um uh, build up because going back to how I started the conversation when we started having that trust in that transaction that you're dealing with becomes important as well so so i i think i think there will be a um uh uh, change in in the travel industry and the hospitality industry as a whole as to how many meetings people have live, but I, I I don't think ultimately it will take away that ultimately need to build the trust between people that are doing business together or building professional relationships together. And so organizations like bar associations and other things may have a few down years that we're dealing with, but I do, I do think it will ultimately build up and and create a new future. Um, and, and so there are going to be many, many lessons to be learned from um, uh, from this and as you come out of this. And, um, uh, and we want to be able to look back and we want to have learned from it and then the lessons learned that you, you, uh, um, you employ very good, good, long-lasting solutions to them. But I think you're going to see some, some long-lasting some long-lasting lessons as well, and those long-lasting lessons, I think, are still going to be the need for human interaction, the need for human meeting, uh, and, and and the need for coming together. And 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 I guess you know one of the other big things I would say of of coming out of all of this is, can you look back and and as we've come through this crisis and we're managing ourselves and leading ourselves and working remotely, have you? Um, has everything that you've done in this setting been reflective of your your culture and your core values and um and and have you stayed focused on that so so i think all that's all that becomes very important well tim i really appreciate your taking the time it's been a terrific conversation i hope we don't have to uh, talk about this again but i'd love to check in with you in a few years and see if some of your predictions came true that would be great it's been a real honor uh, Richard, to be with you, and thank you for allowing me to, to, to join your august uh, group of commentators. Absolutely. This is Richard Chu and Tim Powers. Thanks. Thanks.